Um, Let's open our Bibles to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30. Read a couple of scriptures in Deuteronomy. Uh, The second reading of the law. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Um, I think the best... The best title for this talk is Choose. Simple word, choose. A lot of choices in life, but uh, we'll start here in Deuteronomy chapter 30, and we'll start in verse 15. So it's Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 15. Okay. So this is God speaking to his chosen people. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. But if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shalt be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. I denounce, or I announce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish, and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land, whither thou passest over Jordan, to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, Choose life, that both thou and thy seed, or your children, may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. So here it's, it's almost like an ultimatum, and he, he clearly says there, look, I've set before you life and death. I've set before you blessing and cursing. They're options, you know, and, and he uses the words, therefore choose life, right? Don't choose death and cursing, but choose life and blessing. It's a, it's a choice the Lord's laid out, and it's, it's a choice when you read it, you think, oh, it's obvious. Of course, I want life and blessing. I don't want death and cursing. You know, I want good things. But the Lord's saying, Look, choose this. And uh, the result of that choice, and he said it twice in there, to, to love the Lord thy God, to choose to love the Lord thy God and to follow his ways. If you choose that, you will have life and that more abundantly, as it says elsewhere, and blessing. And, uh, and that's what the Lord wants to do. He desires to bless. He's a benevolent God. Uh, he's a compassionate God. Um, we've been created in his image. And so we have a bit of an idea of what he's like, that compassion, that feeling of compassion, that feeling of love, that feeling of desiring to give, uh, to, to help a people. Um, that's what God's like. He is good. And he's set before human beings uh, this choice of uh, life and death, So therefore, he's encouraging us to choose life, okay? Choose. Um, That not only you, but also your children and uh, all those uh, that are impacted by your life as well uh, may live. 
over to, uh, well, back to chapter 28 and verse 1. So chapter 28 of Deuteronomy is a famous chapter. Um, It's a long chapter, 68 verses. So by all means, in your own time, read. But I'll, I'll pick out some verses through here to prove a point. Um, and it's, uh, if we start in verse 1, Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 1. And it says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations or all people of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of thy God. And it goes through some very specific blessings. Go down to verse 13. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day, to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. And there's, again... um, very specific curses that, uh, that are listed here, down to uh, verse 45. Verse 45. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee and shall pursue thee and overtake thee till thou be destroyed, because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded thee. And they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder and upon thy seed forever. Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. So we'll leave it there in this chapter. Uh, So again, it's this choice. Okay, If you follow the Lord, you'll be blessed. If you don't follow the Lord, there'll be these curses that come. Uh, And great blessings and great things uh, if you follow him, great success. And, um, and then these curses. But it's an interesting conclusion that he has there in verse 47. He says, look, if you decide to give up on following God, you think, ah, I don't feel like doing that anymore. I want to uh, follow my own ways. And it says in verse 47, because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart or thanksgiving, you know, um, that for the Lord, for the abundance of all things. So that's a little warning for us as well. Just remember, reflect, you know, uh, there is joyfulness and gladness of heart that we have the Lord, that he's in our life. It's a wonderful words there, joyfulness and gladness of heart. And uh, for us to remember to serve him with that, you know, uh, with an excitement um, and uh, and. Because if you don't, you start looking elsewhere, you know, and that's what he's saying is uh, that's what happens. And then the, the blessings that he so desires to have on our life um, will stop. It's as simple as that. So, and it's also good for us as human beings to have that joyfulness and that gladness of heart as well. 
It's a, it's a great thing to have in our life, a confidence in the Lord, a confidence that he answers prayer. So last scripture in uh, Deuteronomy uh, chapter 5, Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 28, Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 28. It says here, And the Lord heard the voice of your words when you spake unto me. And the Lord said unto me, I have heard the voice of the words of this people, which they have spoken unto thee. They have well said all that they have spoken. Oh, that there were such a heart in them, that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. And this uh, these, this verse leads into the next two scriptures I'll bring out. And so prior to this, uh, there was a covenant that was entered into and God's chosen people and he chose them because they were the least. He chose them because they, they weren't much so that uh, when they became great, it was because of the Lord. And they entered into a covenant and said, yes, we'll follow the Lord. And the Lord says, yes, I've heard their words. But God knows the nature of man the nature of human beings. And so, yes, I've heard those words. It's great, wonderful words. Honour me with your lips and make sure your heart follows as well. Because then he goes, oh, I can feel the, uh, the emotion in the Lord here. Oh, that there were such a heart in them that would follow those words of, uh, of promise and that they would fear me and keep my commandments. The Lord's saying, oh, if only, if only these people would. Because, he says, that it might be well with them. If only. Uh, it's like this yearning in the Lord. Like, yes, you honour me with your lips. Well, let your heart be with it. Let your heart follow that then it'll be well with you. In so many ways, you know, in a fuller way. And uh, we will go to uh, two more uh, scriptures that uh, follow on from that. Isaiah 48. Isaiah chapter 48. Isaiah chapter 48 and verse 16. So that's Isaiah 48 and verse 16. And it says here, Come ye near unto me, hear ye this. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning. As I've said many times, he's blazoned abroad, he's made it obvious. From the time that it was, there am I. God's always been there. And now the Lord God and his spirit hath sent me. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, or God's chosen people, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. Oh, that thou hadst hearkened to my commandments. Then had thy peace been as a river, and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. Thy seed also had been as the sand and the offering of thy bowels like the gravel thereof. His name should not have been cut off nor destroyed from before me. Okay, the Lord has uh, made it obvious. He's gone to a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble to give us his word, um, to let people know in a a way that we can understand it. And uh, 
the development, or not development, the, uh, the, uh, how the Bible ended up where it is today. It's quite a long story of people uh, uh, suffering and, uh, and so forth, but determined to, uh, to get God's word into a language that we can understand. That uh, he's, he's been there and uh, he wants to teach us to profit. It's a benefit. There's a, a benefit to us, to a people that he chooses to uh, following him. There's, a, bene- there's a, a reward. And uh, then again it says, Oh, that thou hast hearkened to my commandments. If only. And it says something else here, that peace like a river. It'll be part of your life. You'll have a peace that, uh, that passes all understanding. And that's what people want is peace. Even if there's a mess around you and you've got that inner peace, you're happy. Like peace, it's, 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 uh, it's so valuable, peace. And, uh, and, and the Lord's saying, if only so that and he can grant it unto us. And, uh, and just so that contentment aspect equals peace as well. You're content that, uh, with what you have and where you are and uh, the things that you're doing. You know you're confident before the Lord. That peace that's like a river, gentle stream. Last one, Psalm chapter 81. Psalm 81 and verse 12. Psalm chapter 81 and verse 12. We have here, I know this is an odd place to start, but it says, So I gave them up unto their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Oh, there's that word again. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him. So there's still a way uh, for all people, but their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them also with the finest of the wheat and with honey out of the rock. Should I have satisfied thee? You know, that blessing coming forward. So it says, oh, again, saying, oh, if only my people had hearkened unto me. But even those that hate me hearkened unto me. But then, for those, because they didn't, it says there, so I have given them up to their own heart's lust. I mean, lust is a strong word. Uh, there's a lot, a lot behind that word, but it just means own desire. You know, uh, their own desire that is contrary to the Lord's desire. You know, the Lord wants me to do this. I can read it. I know it. But I'm going to do this anyway. Uh, And so because of that rebellion, God says, okay, I'll give you up to your own heart's lust. You you don't want to follow me anymore, then follow your own heart. I'll let you go. Um, uh, I've tried hard uh, to uh, to reach out and... uh, I desire to bless and uh, I've even emotionally said, oh, if only you would hearken unto me. But hard-hearted, you want to follow your own ways, go for it. That's basically what it says. So I gave them up to their own heart's desire. Um, Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. And uh, we'll start in verse 21. 
Romans chapter 1 and verse 21. And it starts uh, in a similar vein. Romans 1 and verse 21. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. And, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonour their own bodies between themselves. And we'll stop there. There's more in this chapter, as we know. But uh, it starts because they knew God. But uh, they, uh, they thumbed the nose at him and said, Yep, we know God. We don't want to give you the glory. We're not thankful for what you've done in our lives. Um, but... I know better. Uh, I have a great profess themselves to be wise. I have a wisdom that uh, that is not in the Bible. You know, the Bible's not wise. Uh, and but then, as a through all that, proclaiming themselves as fools, and therefore God gave them up and said, "Okay, you follow your own way." Okay, we have choice. God gives us cho- choice, and He's asking us to choose to choose life and not death, to choose blessing and not cursing. Um, Galatians chapter 3. So we read a bit about uh, following his commandments out of the Old Testament. The Bible's still, all of the Bible's still written for us. Uh, but we're here in Galatians chapter 3. Um, now, yeah. So, um, the old law uh, applied, as I said in my introduction, applied uh, to up until the Holy Spirit was poured out. I mean, Jesus lived under the old law. Uh, he was circumcised on the eighth day. The, uh, the turtle doves were sacrificed and so forth. Did all the things under the old law because that's how he lived. But when the Holy Spirit was poured out, that was the end of the old law. Uh, human beings still carried on following the old law because that's what they knew. That was... Uh, what they knew to be right, but it changed dramatically when people were filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, we have here in the book of Galatians, as I read through, that there are people in the church of Galatia who received the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues, were baptised by full immersion, and then they suddenly decided, oh, let's just follow the old law. Okay? Now, often when... Paul <laughs> refers to the old law in the New Testament. It's it's the flesh. It leads to death. You know things like that. So it's a it's cha- it's funny how uh, it is in the New Testament context. And so those people that desired to follow the old law, they were going back to what they knew. They they were going back to their old traditions. They were going back to what they they uh, preferred, I guess, ahead of uh, what was uh, desire what the Lord wanted them to do. And started teaching others as well. Um, and as we read in Romans 1, they professed themselves as wise, but proved themselves to be foolish. And so that's where it starts in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 1. It's Paul here writing, says, Oh, foolish Galatians. And there's that word again, oh. I mean, can I call it a word? It's just one letter. Oh, we've read that a few today. Oh, foolish Galatians. 
Who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. So uh, you can glean from that that people in the church of Galatia may well have seen and witnessed the, uh, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Verse 2. This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Which one? Choose. Which one? Was it hearing of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Okay? So um, starting in the spirit, filled with the spirit, speaking in tongues, walking and following him, why go and rely on the arm of the flesh? Why choose another way? Have you suffered so many things in vain? If it be yet in vain. He therefore that ministereth to you in the spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he hit it by the works of the law or by hearing of faith? Choose. Which one is it? You know, it makes sense. We read that. It's by the power of the spirit. The miracles come by the spirit. Not the, uh, the working of the law or the, the, our own ideas that are contrary to his. The flesh, the... the, the um, the strength of the flesh. No, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 26. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptised into Christ have put on Christ. You know, that spirit anointed. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So it's through the Holy Spirit we become heirs of the promise. Not uh, by genealogies. Uh, We understand that. But it's just, it's a great little verse, verse 28. Yeah, verse 28. Like Jew refers to uh, ethnic Israelites that were chosen by God in Old Testament times. There's no difference between them or someone who's not an ethnic Israelite, someone who's in prison or free, uh, or even male and female. There's no difference. In the kingdom of God, uh, through the power of the Spirit, we're all the same. It's the things of the flesh that gets in the way and makes that difference. We're all the same before the Lord. So why would we choose to follow the things of the flesh which don't matter? It's the spirit that matters. You know, it doesn't matter about all those bits and pieces that are mentioned in verse 28. It matters about following the spirit. You receive the spirit by the hearing of faith. The miracles uh, happen by the, by the power of the spirit, uh, not the arm of the flesh. There's no perfection in the arm of the flesh. The, uh, the wisdom that comes from ourselves is folly compared to the wisdom that comes from above. So choose. And I believe we always make a choice all through our life. We, yes, we chose to, uh, to be baptised. We saw in the Bible we should be baptised. We chose to do that. Uh, we were encouraged to pray for the Spirit, so we chose to do that. We received it. We spoke in tongues. Praise the Lord. As we heard in testimony, we had a, a knowledge of God. But then as we walk on, there are things that come up in our life and we need to still choose. Do I choose what I think's right 
that's contrary to God or not? Do I choose cursing or blessing? And look, I'm a human being as well. We all know that. A lot of you have known me for some time. I've made plenty of bad choices. Um, and we learn from that. The Lord still holds us. We're still full of, filled with the Holy Spirit. And we learn to rely on the word and rely on his ways. And uh, because that is where the blessing comes from. And my goodness, I can look back on my choices and think, well, where was the blessing in that? You know, it was just my idea that I thought was right. It's what I wanted. It was contrary to what God wanted. And he taught me pretty quick smart. There was no blessing in it. Um, Whereas when I turned back to the Lord humbly, and yet there's one instance where I was quite humbled, uh, even in my own profession. I'd never, ever taken on a job that I'd taken on so low. (laughs) Uh, I was doing the work of a trainee (laughs) after 10 years of experience, (laughs) just so humbled. But the Lord blessed. The Lord blessed because that's where he wanted me to be. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 21. So 1 Kings chapter 18. First Kings chapter 18. Just one verse here, verse 21, but in context, it's uh, a moment when Elijah is confronting uh, God's chosen people to make a choice, Um, that they rebelled against God, Uh, they'd started worshipping Baal, which just means God, it's another God, Uh, and there were all these prophets before him. It's a famous story. Uh, I won't read it all, I'll just read this one verse, 21. 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 21. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. They were silent. So here, Elijah, who Elijah means, um, the Lord is my God, Eli, Jah, and um, he was a prophet of God speaking on behalf of God and saying, why do you keep flopping about with two opinions? Why do you keep following what you think's right and f- trying to f- pretend like you're following what uh, God says is right? It's like Matthew 6. We won't go there, but you know I love that. Um, you can't serve God and mammon. Um, as Brian brought out last week really well, we have to do stuff for mammon, earth, things on earth we have to eat we have to um, have a house we have to we've got we have to work things but you'll either hate the one or love the other and Elijah's here saying look why do it why have these two things going on because it says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways the instability flows down to the rest of your life and he's saying why halt stop why are you stopped between these two opinions and uh, if, God, if the Lord is God, then follow him. So then after this, uh, he presents before them a sign and says, here is the living God, there is, well, the dead God, Baal. And, uh, and we know that the living God answered with fire. 
So choose that. This day, choose that way. The, uh, the life and the blessing, instead of being uh, double-minded between two choices. And again, that's the choice that we carry on through our lives continually. Acts chapter 4. Over to Acts chapter 4, one verse here. We actually sing a chorus um, that was inspired by this verse. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So you want choice? Well, this says there's no other choice. (laughs) The only choice is the name given under heaven through which people may be saved. There is no other name under heaven through which people may be saved. Um, in John fourteen six, it says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So that's the name that it's referred to there, the name of Jesus Christ, the power of Jesus Christ, the authority of Jesus Christ. There's no other choice. If you want to be raised up, if you want to be saved, whereby we must be saved, it's only through the name of Jesus Christ, through him, through his word. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And verse 1. Ephesians chapter 4. And verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. That's important. Endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. We're together, we're in this together, we're walking together, following the Lord together. And then to emphasise what Jesus said, verse 4, there's one body, one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. That's the choice. There's only one. There's only one path. And then, then after that, it's the whole um, walking worthy of the vocation wherewith you've been called, worthy of the vocation, making that choice continually. Do I follow what I think's right or follow what the Bible says is right? And following that one Lord, that one faith, that one baptism. Okay, Acts chapter 2, where it refers to the baptism. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, so I've referred to this a bit today, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1 outlines the last moments that Jesus was on earth, last commandments that uh, you'll be baptised with the Holy Ghost not many days hence, and then he was raised up, and then for about a week people were uh, praying to the Lord, uh, waiting for this baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then in chapter 2 and verse 1 it says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, They are all with one accord in one place. 
There's that unity, looking to the Lord together in unity. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Very clear, very plainly written. This is the first time this is ever mentioned in the Bible when people received the Holy Spirit and they spoke in tongues. And then Peter stood up and explained because there was much confusion as to what was going on. Some people heard their own language. Others uh, thought they were drunk. Uh, But Peter stood up and explained that this is the fulfilment of prophecy. He referred to Old Testament scriptures and said, no, this is what it is. This is what it means. And then in uh, verse 37 it says, Now when they, the people that Peter was speaking to, heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent. And be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And on our um, pamphlet, that is our key scripture, that baptism by full immersion in the name of Jesus Christ and the promise of receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's wonderful. That's the born-again experience. It's when life starts in the Spirit, following the things of the Spirit, following things of God and following God's commandments. Okay, we'll wrap up. Uh, penultimate scripture, 1 Samuel chapter 15. 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 22. 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 22. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great... Well, I'll read that again. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king, referring to us, King Saul. But important here, the reason I want to read this out is um, even in Old Testament times when those sacrifices were important, the shedding of blood, the giving up of life for life, they were so important uh, in following uh, the ways of the Lord. But here the Lord is saying through Samuel, to obey is better than sacrifice. To obey his ways, and that applies today. And we have different ways of uh, sacrificing. You know, we might uh, think that uh, the Lord will like this if I uh, give up this or do that, whatever. The Lord may like it. Uh, But if there's no obedience, um, then it doesn't matter. The Lord says to obey is better than sacrifice. And then verse 23, rebellion. Such a big word, rebellion. Uh, rebelling against the Lord is like the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness, that forward where uh, there's um, 
where you refuse to follow his ways uh, is like iniquity and idolatry, like worshipping idols. Uh, Very strong terms there, but that soft term, God wants softness. Obedience is a soft term. And uh, that, uh, that worship and obedience to his ways is better than sacrifice or what we think is better or what we think the Lord will like. And to finish up on uh, Isaiah 57, some words of softness. Um, something everyone needs to be reminded of. The power of certain trait of a certain trait, and I'll read, read the scripture. Isaiah 57 and verse 15. Isaiah chapter 57 and verse 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one. Like high and lofty seems out of reach. Uh, that's when you just read it like that. That inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place very lofty, with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. So obedience, humility, uh, being contrite. Like uh, so, so many times I've been humbled and uh, been contrite. Lord, why did I do that? <laughs> Whoops, I knew better, but I still did it. Uh, contrite, but then through that heart, that humility and that contrite heart, you actually dwell in this lofty and high place. You're close to God in his courts. And so a wonderful way, uh, a wonderful uh, mindset to have in our choice of following a life uh, and following blessing is that humility, being humble. And, uh, I mean, uh, I've been advised quite a few times when I've asked uh, pastors uh, what to do here, what to do there. And they say, be humble. Oh, yeah, of course. The Lord wants us to be humble. You know, humble to, uh, to what he knows is best. And through that humility, you actually dwell with this God who seems on the surface high and lofty. It's like you jump up to that high and lofty place and you're with him through humility, making ourselves low so that he can revive and uh, build up and make strong. And that is the key to uh, overcoming and enduring until the Lord comes back. Okay, thank you.